I've been out of walking. We're recording. Do it to it. I'm Matt Robinson. I'm Noah Bissell. And this is grading in. Ooh, baby. Yeah, play, sorry. A little, a little peppy. Mix it up. Pepe. JKO, play the music. I'm in the mood to be slow and careful. My body's ready for a mountain climb. All of a sudden, it will all become lovely. The flower that opens in the morning light. Friday, am I right? It feels like it. How See you doing, what man? the day brings today. I'm feeling good. Seasons are changing. Um, tap room's holding up. We've still been busy and we're into another weekend, so I am feeling good. I am feeling great, and I am ready to record this podcast and roll on into a service weekend in Milo. Yeah, baby. Um, let's do a little quote unquote housekeeping. Um, the replies for reviews and Instagram begging really and pleading on, and on Rob's. Keep that up. Yeah. Made I- us excited. Yeah. Um, but no, just, I don't know. Yeah. It does take time to do all the shit. It's nice to see Fucking some right. sort of thing on the other end. Absolutely. At Greening In Pod on Instagram. Keep the reviews coming on iTunes. We well, would do a shirt drop today, maybe. A little shirt giveaway, except the reviews have really... People have been reviewing by doing those those just silent cheap. reviews. Yeah, five stars. Those lazier reviews. Yeah. And I get that. I've done them. We'll tell you, it's better I've than done nothing. It's better we'll than nothing. That, a thousand absolutely. percent. Yeah. But if you want to get the potential of a free shirt arriving to you about six weeks after I say it will, <laughs> um, <laughs> shout out the Renard family. A patient, Apologize. patient family. Yep. But um, better late than never, I suppose. Yes, um, so if you want that opportunity for that to be you, you got, you got to put some typing in. <laughs> if you, you want a t-shirt in two and a half months. Yes. Put yep. some, put some pen to paper, put some fingers to keys. Put some finger to keys. Yep. Um, but yeah, yeah. how have you been recently, man? Um, unforeseen stuff that came up the last minute. You didn't go on the rafting trip we took a few weeks ago, the team rafting trip, which sucks, but yeah. you know, everyone's been there. In, totally. in one way or another where something comes up at the last second. and Yeah, it was like um, normal bummer, normal in the moment bummer. I certainly love those like team-oriented like culture yeah, things know, and spend the time together. But in uh, we've done many of them. We will do many more. That's um, true. Family is more important. Had some family stuff pop up and at the last minute had to bop out and, mm-hmm. and handle that. But yeah, it's been good to, that was down to Portland to do our last pod, and it's been good talking to Britt and Justin up here. There was a different level of energy coming out of the trip as kind of those things are meant to do. And it's then just the vigor of the white water, the, the stories, and you. all yeah, the time yeah, totally. spent together, and that just that in um, amplified team feeling mm-hmm. for a bit. You know what I mean? And then being down there, we did the podcast down at HQ. So after that, got to grab a couple beers with some of the guys down there and guys and girls hear all the stories and talk mm-hmm. talk about the trip it was fun yeah um yeah we we really did miss you though because you're an easy guy to know is not there <laughs> you know? so presence was greatly missed but we uh we sit down in the chairs a lot of times when you're up in milo so after like we've spent 48 hours together is the time that we then sit down and do the like hey how you been man how you doing yeah but um Obviously, spent a lot of time with you here. How's everything been on the home front? Um, good. Yeah, I've been doing. Honestly, yeah, I feel like about as good as I have been in a in a long time. Got to mow in. Did some grass work this this uh, past weekend. Trying to prep, prep. You know, I'm not like a yard guy, but if you if it's there and you're mowing it, 
it's honestly just sad to see dead yeah anything you know a huge patch of dead grass like i kind of even i have to do something about, about that, that so you're not mowing up pat- patterns in the grass and the whole nine no um you know <laughs> yeah. but i will say uh so usually you know wear these exact same headphones listen to podcasts while i'm doing that yeah My, our own mostly just on repeat <laughs> no <laughs> uh, but no listening to one this past weekend john hall yeah, our baby. arch nemesis and person we like a lot um <laughs> great idol and arch nemesis yes, john hall um it's complicated <laughs> uh and uh brianne allen from notch was on also the fiance a former guest oh, yeah. mike fava fava yes absolutely um, and uh, honestly a really cool episode and then a real quick positive was us getting shouted Shout out, out like, from john like, hall. we were talking about grading Ooh. in i was like all right oh yeah and then um Basically proceeded, and this is not a knock on on her at all. No. Just realize it made me think like, yeah, maybe we haven't been as clear about it. But she was basically like, yeah, on Greening in they talk about how Noah talks about how he gets no fulfillment <laughs> from from brewing, and um, kind of like there was talk of soul selling, yeah, and it, uh, and uh, regarding IPAs and kind of hype, exactly, hype very train specifically stuff. framed around the brewing of IPAs, yeah. And- and an IPA thing. And that's what my first listen was like. If you say Noah gets no fulfillment from anything. You should abs- check him out on a rafting trip. <laughs> Absolutely. But if you say he gets no fulfillment from IPAs, that's a, from brewing, that's a different thing. Yeah. I'll, I mean, I'll j- even IPAs, aside. I mean, I I think basically she, she there was just a misinterpretation. Why the only reason I bring it up is mm-hmm. if it's a misinterpretation maybe for a larger Other number people of people well, than I thought. Totally. Um, not at all trying to be like, I heard this one thing about me. I just want to <laughs> clear the air. But just, yeah, in case I've kind of not been as clear, I don't drink our own. She was talking about how he, Noah can't drink his own beer. Own beer. And I hope I've been pretty clear, but the reason I, I can't do it for fun is I can't have fun while drinking it. Because you're too busy I'm critiquing about it in your the, mind. I cannot yeah. separate myself I've tried to do it for seven years and it's so hard for me to separate myself to not analyze the, the beer, the, the product itself because of all the analysis that went in on the the front side, you're looking at the results basically uh, and whether it's good or bad, like, or, you know, obviously on the, the whole, of course, I, it's obviously like if I deem our own beer bad, yeah. it's not going to be being sold and I'm not going to be drinking it. That well, would have been that's, cut that's off the before big difference, then. And that's where a ton of there's levels of context to you. And that's why I do. It's the same thing the, with loggers, even slightly less, yeah. but not that different. It's hard for me to grip any beer we've made, whether it's up here, whether it's and just pop it and be like, ah, Having a beer after a long day, yeah, pretty no, I, fucking hard. I'm not sure I'll ever be able to do it, unfortunately, for what it's supposed to, what the purpose yeah. it's supposed to serve. And the, the the lack of context around, there's a massive difference between not drinking your own product, not getting enjoyment sometimes out of your own product because- I drink our, you plenty don't of our beer. In, exactly, yeah, I definitely be, drink plenty of our beer. But not getting that enjoyment out of it because you don't believe in the liquid and not getting that enjoyment out of it. because you're <laughs> Because you're constantly, it's almost the 180 degree opposite of like 
always thinking about how to make that thing better that you can't just take it in and enjoy it objectively. It preoccupies you. Yeah, what could I do with this or that and and just the constant. um, But that sounds already like I've been too much like (laughs) just worried about just vain, I guess. Vanity would really be what that is. And it's not supposed to be that way. It's more just to make sure our vibe is clear, I guess, more than anything to people, anyone listening to this. The one little cherry kicker that, that I got out of it is... What we've talked about a bunch of times is why this whole podcast even started and why you would want to clarify when getting getting kind of your most, some of your more honest or vulnerable parts of yourself out um, and make sure that that's being done clearly and effectively. I did laugh a little bit that I, in getting into all this was, was we talked about the listening to beer podcasts and that's why the John Hall thing is, is funny and, and all of that, but pretty specifically can remember that one of the very first podcasts you recommended to me to listen to to be more knowledgeable and get about beer was Chris Loring from Notch. And yep. just it was funny to see it all in that way and all the different the different parts of, yep. of it. Yeah, love to have her on at some point. We was kind of where there's a, a quite a list of people. We were like, the guest all right, list. let's try to get this organized. Yeah. Let's make a mass trip happen, like and hit it. But then COVID happened, and yeah. here we are six months later, and it's just. A lot harder to, and it's tough with someone in like in Massachusetts. There's a who's based there. It's like I'm not gonna do as I don't want to do a Zoom. Yeah, like you're because we can do this the the real way. You're the real is so much better that like, and you're I would just rather wait. So anyway, and it it just the other kind of thing was is the just like kind of lack the perceived lack of fulfillment I'm getting from my job basically. Sure and. if anything has given me fulfillment reliably, even sometimes in kind of disguised ways, I guess, but it has been the career I'm so thankful to be doing. Uh. Um, the kind of many hurdles of learning how to be a business owner, yeah. be a manager of people, like two things I've certainly never done. Yeah. Um, that comes with obviously a lot of challenges, tons of challenges, of but- on the other side, the the rewards can be all the greater because of it. But I think uh, over time, just the stress of, I don't know how much it has to do with the business, honestly. It certainly doesn't have anything to do with the how the business has chose to operate. If yeah. anything, that's been a bastion, kind of a safe haven Absolutely. mentally for me. But I've kind of come to grips like the last six months or whatever with just, I've, I've definitely am depressed and have probably been for longer than I have realized, you know, talking to someone about that, getting, trying small amounts of medication. And it's like, oh my God. True help for that, a doctor. I mean, yeah, it seems like, yes, not online pharmacy. (laughs) That was a real in-person doctor. (laughs) uh, um, But but I don't know. And it it was just kind of, wow, I should have done this a long time ago. It's incredible. And to take the jokes out of it, I think we we touched on it at the beginning of this a little bit. a true as your as your friend as somebody who's who cares about you a lot and has spent the way our lives are built and just the habits of what we have we spend a, a lot, lot of time together for for people that live so far away from each other and um truly honestly i've noticed a there's a noticeable difference in in something over the last few weeks and it's these things are wicked complicated salts, and baby. hard to put their <laughs> finger on it, but it it's not just like a general cheeriness or, or whatever, but there just there seems to be a, a little more of a of a glow and an energy around 
around you and, and the way you're going about not you've always had energy to the, I think how we got here is I mean sometimes it's really negative the energy. hardest it can be <laughs> the hardest working motherfucker I've ever met and that's what really kind of got me close to you at the beginning was just like well if he's going to be here forever I'm going to be here with him <laughs> like what the fuck that was dude, exactly this, what I was trying to this portray. kid doesn't stop but truly and those things even within that that you it's easy to get into resentment when all you do is work all the time and other things it just seems to be more of a balance around your your energy and emotions and mm-hmm. fun to be around and um it's well thanks not, man that's good to hear it's not an easy thing to do to go get help truly you know what i mean yes that, very cool and the only reason i say that though um thank thank you yeah. but the only reason i say that me thinking about that kind of reminded me i would say like where my mat stock went up about 300% in one story um, is when I started to learn more about you. The point being, everyone's dealing with shit. And even someone like you, who wears things as much on their sleeve as you do, that kind of thing took months of working with you Getting to get out. to. Um, so anyway, what that thing is, is something we've teased a little bit. Not really sure. teased, but I mean, no, we talk about it so casually and yep. in, in when it's just you and me that it's hard not to mention, and I mean it's a huge part of your life, is when I realized that you were in in jail, had dealt with some addiction things, and basically on your own volition came out the other side in a way that I've never, outside of Oprah and stuff, honestly, have never really heard a story like yours Uh. of just the... we were talking a lot about last week with Rob of our resilience, and uh, if this is not a display of that, I don't know what is, but um, we might as well kind of give some context, I figured, yeah, to that if you're cool with doing that. 100%. I've talked about it in, in little bits and spurts and certainly hinted at it, but let's tell the fucking story. Um, <laughs> different than a, a normal episode, we'll kind of do it like... Oh, we'll see, yeah. yeah. Um, certainly ready to talk about it, I think, and... And we'll get into why I think everything changed when I became comfortable with what my story was, what the decisions I've made were, who I am, and what. For a long time, I think I was ashamed of those things, and that's probably the basis of what precedes all of what we're going to talk about right uh-huh. now. You know what I mean? But it's in telling it and sharing it and not being afraid of it that all the stuff that you're talking about, the ability to come out the other side, happens. So. Noah Bissell interviewer, Matt Robinson guest. All right. Let's tell the story. Um, so, yeah, I just again, just for a little context, obviously our relationship is a relationship full of giving each other shit. Tons. But, you know, lo- literally love you like a brother. Love you um, too, baby. And I, I just can't really overstate how inspiring this was right really there's no other word that's where i've been the most comfortable in sharing it is along as i've come out the other side and started to build a little bit of a life and at least move in the right direction and not move in the wrong direction which i did for so long i'd i'd start to bump and like i said ran a kitchen you come across a lot of people in kitchens that would you could kind of see some things that i recognized you know what i mean Mm -hmm. or somebody who you get close to them enough and then they they do want some help and we'll get to talking and that that's where i really that's where I got really comfortable sharing my story was taught in, in these instances and then you would hear the same thing like that oh thank you Matt like it's inspirational or, or something like that that it was a, a it's a very weird thing to sit here and talk about but in the 
in the kind of the personal nature of sharing it with somebody that you think like, well, dude, if I did this fucking thing for a long time, like if you just look at this different or do that, like there's 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 a you've got so much juice and a lot of skills that you can do a ton of other things than this. And it was in that and it just kind of thinking that I was helping other people or something that was kind of like where I got comfortable through service telling it yeah I, I, it sounds so dumb oh, no, to say through the story itself I both, see true both through service of someone else almost but it I that sounds you. so holier than thou but that's where I that I was, think anyone that's still listening to episode 68 <laughs> yeah. knows you are not a holier than thou person but that's and that's where I did, started like just sharing it with people and then you would hear that and then somebody would like it would mean something to them and that's where it's like, okay, I'm comfortable doing this. And then in that practice, you actually continue to get comfortable with yourself. You know what I mean? It, 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 it's a weird, cool thing. But I'll say all that to say, let's do it to it. I'll take the the fast and loose through, through the the normal beginning. I, w- I was born in a like middle class family, as 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 normal and picturesque as it gets. I got a I had a brother, I had two parents, cruising right on through. Um, middle school in my younger years quite normally I do remember I was an emotional person like from the gate I do know and remember that I honest to god think my first memory ever is I'm in like kindergarten and my friends parents are going to pick me up for my first sleepover ever and um something happened like a car accident or something nothing crazy but just (laughs) normal but oh my mom picked me up late and I'm I'm Uh, not going to sleep over tonight and I think it's my first memory hysterical Uh I've always had this weird kind of black or white everything's either Uh everything in the world or it doesn't matter at all but there was no middle Um, but aside from being a little maybe hyper emotional normal last childhood little ADD little hyper cruised on through and then my dad did get cancer when I was like 12 or 13 years old I don't remember it being wildly traumatic at the time remember it being like kind of handled really well from what I would think um but then like my, in terms of how much exposure yeah, and realism not, you're getting exactly. about it. Uh-huh. Not none. Yeah. This is real. Yeah. This is something you have to deal with. Not too much. Yeah. It, it, a pretty healthy way of going about that. But you're a kid. You think your dad's Superman. Nothing's ever going to happen. The, he had beaten it once. It had, it had come back years and years later. So when I was 16, going into my senior year of high school, my dad passed. And then um, certainly after that time, what was already kind of hyper emotional that's where things started to, not as an excuse but i think in terms of what we're talking about today that's kind of where the story starts you know what i mean yeah and i mean it, it you're right when you say it's not as an excuse it's a catalyst it's i guess certainly a catalyst and but even if it if anything is a valid excuse about you know kind of falling off the tracks mm-hmm. a little bit i guess or certainly that, did. no that's whatever exactly you what want to call it but is your dad I mean I, I cannot imagine losing a parent in high school yeah I, I especially a slow we don't need to get into how terrible of a thing cancer is yeah. I mean but I lost my mom obviously as you know yes yeah on the younger side so I was 26 um and that was you know hard in its own way but really just that experience painted the context so much more to me of how just unimaginable that would have been if that had happened 10 years earlier. And back to what we talked about before, kind of with the hindsight of even accepting it, because it's the quickest thing to come out of anybody's mouth is like, 
not to be painted as a sob story or like, no, it's okay. Like, you know, when these things happen, not to like, yeah, dude, my fucking dad died. Like, crazy, I'm even able to make it through this. Nobody (laughs) paints things that way. But to be told, when when you do come out the other side of it and can just kind of objectively look at like, I mean, obviously a massive catalyst for the way that I you can start to trace back the the way I behaved after abandonment issues and stuff like that. And my brother who has a much more serious mental illness than me is almost part of what illuminates that because you, then you take that as a real catalyst. You know what? My brother has schizophrenia. I think there's, there's certainly some mental illness in my family. We talk about being hyper emotional, that, but then you take the, the catalyst, the predisposition to it and the result being, a much more serious mental illness, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I do look, when I look at my brother, then I look back at, like, of course this affected me in a big way, and you and even with hindsight and being older, you just you can start to look at the exact ways and times and how, mm-hmm. oh, obviously I was behaving this way. It was because I was scared to death anybody was going to leave me. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. But that happened about 16, 17, going into college. Um just real quick for yeah. context, you are 34 now? 34 yeah. right now, yeah, um, 17 years ago. So went to college um, in a relationship at the time, incredible girl, and but part of all of the dad and all of this just kind of like starting to have real trouble with like my interpersonal relationships, kind of just blowing everything up, you know what I mean? Um, was From the that, abandonment kind of feelings, so, fear of that? A ton of that, um, and said so it's a normal thing for... Well, it's a thing you see with a lot of, but kind of like if I behave in this way and I'm in control of everything, like I can always point at myself for why, like we're going to break up or something. Like if you leave me, it's me. It's not because the worst thing when you like a, a father figure, a, a, your superhero, they're like, no matter, I like you're gone no matter what I can do about it. You know, and you're gone. So now you almost start to behave in this way where like you set up the leave, you set up people to, to, why would I want to be around this? You push people but away. It's on, yeah. But I'm, contro- I'm the one yeah. doing it. It's this, this wild kind of self-sabotage. It's it's a common That's thing. That's common. Tons it's of so people do it. Ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I think everyone has done that mm-hmm. to a degree. Totally. Depends what, obviously, the how much that becomes a part of your personality yeah. and uh, pattern. Yeah. But I think anyone listening could relate to that on some level. No, it's a, it's a weirdly common, for, I think, for, human kind of emotion, or, not condition, but thing thing that people do. And then, um, so just uh, an absolute wild man in college, like going through all this, trying to figure it out. Grades, grades weren't great. Yada yada. I got through two years, and then I at dro- UNH. Yeah, I dropped out. Um, on the addiction and drug side, really as a as a teenager, as a as growing up in high school, like late to the party on any of that stuff. Yeah. Like I didn't drink till I was sixteen. I think I smoked yeah. weed for the first time around that time. Not as a catalyst because of it. Just be uh, pretty overprotective parents, kinda all good thing. Yep. Get to college, all that's gone. And it's like, give me some of this and yep. some of that. So totally escapism in college. But your normal stuff, you know what I mean? Just drinking, smoking, going to parties. Like, Did you like um, being, because obviously in your high school, like no matter how big it is, like the people around you would all silently know this terrible thing happened to mm-hmm. you. Did you like the removal from some of that 
familiarity? I don't think no, no I don't think so. Um kind of in this weird you 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 would never say it, but I think if I look at the way I was behaving, it was the exact opposite. You would say you don't want any pity or you don't want anything like that, but as soon as anything's like hard or da da da. But yeah, my dad, what do you expect from me? My dad died. Yeah, I really believe yeah, that no, in I, the I, deep I wiring, I I would I I wanted that more than I didn't, which I think was a huge yeah. part of the problem. Um, also, I think extremely common. Definitely remember using kind of when I when I wanted to use it. Yeah, my mom part, dying at, at some small like reasoning for something, and yeah. it. So um, ended up getting in trouble or kind of trouble, but nothing crazy, and dropped out. Dropped out of school and um, started, moved back to my mom's house and started working in a warehouse overnight. Um, this has been like a a theme in my life, but I, I met a very smart man who ran it, old street guy who was like 30 years sober. That had no mapping at the time that I knew was going to line up, but... Um, dad just died. Here's a guy who thinks you're a hard worker and starts showing you around how how this business works. Just delivery warehouse shipping company, but really latched on to that. Um, worked there for like the five years coming out of school as I was starting to go the wrong way, but it's where I found that I like work. You know what I mean? And and that's where the only bit of any self esteem or self worth at that time was coming from being this young kid who was like doing good at my job, and that was it. And uh, but it's warehouse stuff. It's overnights and that type of world. Um, one night, a kid kid that was working for me brought in some opiates and had my my first taste of that there. And um, you don't like don't want to like storybook movie it, or, or certainly don't want to romanticize it in any way. But as a man with a bad memory, like I fucking remember how it felt, and I remember how much I liked it. I've heard it described a bunch of different ways, um, but this kind of warm, cozy blanket. As a kid who's kind of hyper-wired, very hyper in general, a good amount of anxiety and stress and just figuring like loss, trying to figure things out, it was just like this wave of comfort and slowness that would kind of turn a brain that's always Mm -hmm. just fucking running in circles about whatever it is a lot of times at its own detriment um not not like figuring out equations <laughs> and that, that's spinning on crazy shit but moving fast that, that kind of settled that down and calmed that down finally and, made me stop inventing so much <laughs> and found a real comfort in that that i knew right away didn't know i was going to be a fucking wildly addicted years later but like never felt like never felt this comfortable in my own skin almost even like a bunch of different things of of just a feeling of comfort that was that was missing in my life when you say more comfortable with yourself is that just a result um in terms of just the effects of yeah, an opiate? because a lot of people other than like i think for good reason hopefully it's like skip there's a little more awareness now of like this is a slippery slope for yeah. pretty much anyone yeah. based on the chemical structure of these things. I mean, it doesn't matter thing. I who you are. I think that is what it is. Your your brain's getting flooded with serotonin. Yeah. And like, like the, the things. We're literally designed to love that. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's literally like you, there is a level of love to it. And what, what I've seen it do in everybody and, and certainly in me, but what it does is it's what addiction is in a lot of fronts, but I think opiates more than anything else. It 
it starts to replace all the other things you you love and care about. You know, it becomes the most important thing. And there's there's just a when it's easy to see how it happens in hindsight. You know what I mean? And I and I think about it as like a as it's like a path that if you don't everybody ends up in the same place if you don't check it because you're just yeah it's a chase from and it's a lot of people that are broken or you're more susceptible if you have these traumas or these things that that you have a void that needs to be filled and then this thing just floods your brain with serotonin these things it fills these this void it almost becomes like the most important relationship in your life is the relationship with the substance that gives you everything that maybe your family or your personal relationships or yourself haven't given you you know what i mean so like what was kind of the slope I guess, for lack of a better term for you. Like the addiction trajectory? Yeah, because I know that uh, for most people, it happens a lot quicker than you'd think, but yep. also it's different for everyone. Certainly. I think for the most part, it was relatively slow. Um, it kind of played along a, a lot of other things at the time. So in that dropping out thing, one thing that had started from football and stuff, we on as a football team, you got a whole team together. We talked, I love that team atmosphere, da, da, da. We used to, on the football bus and be doing different stuff. And it just it ended up this thing where I would rap. We would do these funny little circles and rap. And I would, I would rap stuff like freestyling and talking about everybody on the team and making jokes or if we won and did that. And, and it started to be this thing that just became a thing. And um, I was getting off huge on the ability to, make a crowd sure, laugh sure. And, and so I was doing that and then when I wasn't called going through the dad thing um started writing poetry for just any outlet to like figure this out or whatever and then coming out of that kind of naturally put the two together and and started rapping so with the lack of the father figure this thing happening finding like a drug that I'm smitten with it all of these things came together to kind of this more street lifestyle at, at the time i and i i got into really got into like running the streets and what are you going to do now if you're rapping and you're hanging out with these guys and did it out what's next step what's what's sell do like what's what does that a, mean selling drugs selling that's that yeah, was okay. like the, the thing i idolize is like the next evolution of this. i needed to feel a little more <laughs> more uh square so uh yeah. just wanted to make sure no and then and then got into that as there's the obvious part of like, well, hey, if I like these things and I don't want to buy them all the time, sure, so if I sell them, I get them for yeah. free. But with me, you know, there was so much more at play. It was all of that, and I, I very much idolized that culture, which I think makes a lot of looking for a father figure or somebody to to latch on to to teach me how to be a man. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I'm gonna get out there. I'm gonna sell. I'm gonna provide for myself. I'm gonna I'm gonna just do what I gotta do because I've had it bad, man. Yada yada yada. But I fell into that lifestyle and and in a, in a wild, serious way was like really running the streets. So how much of that is? Where's the cause and effect? Like, are you you already kind of have a budding relationship with um opioids mm -hmm. and what it again for just clarity and ignorance what exactly like i What's know there's the actual the the bigger painkillers the like there's little percocets that have a lot of aspirin in them and then there's like percocets that just Clean. have oxycodone gotcha. so it's essentially oxycodone there was okay. a, a little oxycontin at the time that went away but my addiction was with oxycodone a hundred percent um this almost 
for someone in your shoes, it'd be easy to almost rationalize maybe a, a growing addiction as part of the very persona kind of that you're looking to, or is it just... I think I was rationalizing a lot of things in my, as part of this like well sure this rapper image now yeah. but never the actual addiction isn't the part of that uh-huh. the selling and the being around it and all of the other stuff the 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 addiction it w- was none of the cause all of the effect it was all you know just proximity I mean? kind yeah. of and and like that I don't want to speak for other people that but that fucking drug when you call it an epidemic and what specifically that drug is built and made to be addictive for an addiction. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you can see how that happens so easily. And it goes from doing one here and one there mm-hmm. to now we're going to do it every now, now we're going to do it once a week. And even at the beginning, you know, those things. I remember me and my friends would have like a plan. All right, we're going to do a perk on Tuesday, but we're not idiots. So next week we'll do one on Wednesday next week. We'll, and then, and then once a week is twice a week is three times a week. And then before you know it, a year has gone by and everybody like what's running everybody's life is like, wow. how are we getting perks today? You know what I mean? Um, which that all precedes the selling. Then it's like, well, I'm in this, I'm around all this. I know this kid who knows that kid, like, why don't I just buy a hundred? Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And then, so what, what did that at that time? What did that cost? Um, a hundred would have been, they would like 1400. Something like that, maybe seventeen hundred, sixteen hundred, and then as you go up, it would get down to like fourteen. Uh huh. But yeah. that was kind of where it if you got out. like five hundred or Man. you got something like that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Just the way how real that, how easy to picture that is. Yeah. When you're talking about, you know, every week becomes, you know, twice a week becomes. What was the time arc to where? things were maybe at yeah. its worst for you in that in that regard there's like a for me i think there was a year where you at this point even in that year you're not actually physically addicted there's a year where you're really? like really that takes that long i think so based on what i was again because uh-huh. i'm doing one every week so you're not physically gonna be even as you speed sure. that up though you're you're not physically gonna be sick if you don't have it or your body like needs it but mentally and all the other you're, you're okay. getting you're I get, thought that happened a lot quicker you're honestly. getting there Ken, Ken for but I think what I saw around me anyways was that my trajectory seemed just in terms of like by the percentage of like where it moved there, there's the first while where like this is just a thing you do and you can still function your your life and go to work and even like your your relationships aren't really hindered or really, really based around it unless you're keeping it a secret. Like, it just, you, you can kind of fun. You do this every now and then. And then there was, a, after that year point, it starts to scale. It's For me, it started to scale up a bit. And you're getting around, you're starting to get more. And then there becomes a point where you're actually addicted. Uh-huh. Right? And do you that, notice that? I, yes. Because it seems like in retrospect, you definitely do. Yeah. Do You don't feel... We used to when you when you first get on there, they're actually energy inducing. Used to call it Sue Perk Man. If I did a perk and went and did my work, hmm. I'd be way better, way faster, done earlier. Like, let's go. But then there becomes a point where once you do get into body like physical addiction, now you're now it is it is not really energy inducing. It is energy draining. And now you get into like what's maintenance. Yeah. Because if if you don't have it, 
now you feel a different way mm-hmm. without it than just normal. Now you're subnormal, and now you need it just to get back to normal. And then if you want to get any sort of high out of it, you need more than what it takes to get to normal, if that yeah. makes oh, sense. Yeah. And then when that phase comes, as I've seen it happen for most of the people around me, then the ramping from what can be a very slow courting phase with with bills (laughs) can be a year or whatever that next phase of it ramping up is the thing that tends to happen really fucking quickly so before you know it a torrid affair for real and i remember i used to joke about it but i worked at a mattress store which can be the most boring thing on earth Mm. and i'm surrounded by beds also I, i specifically remember like i had just hit the kind of everyday point and i would bring one every day and and by the i would by the time i got to nighttime like the thing, I'd do a tiny bit of it throughout the day, but I still had the same one at night. Pretty soon, that one that you brought is gone by three in the afternoon. Then it's mm. gone by by ten in the morning, and then it's in that there was like a three month period where I went from doing one a day to doing five a day, doing six a day. Like Over just three months, you said, ro- just so fast. Yeah, after. Partially in. from the lack of stimulation, you think, from your yeah. job? And that, that that physical part. Once yeah. the physical part really gets into play, it's just like you need more and more yeah. and more and more just to, to be what it was. And then once I was in and around that part, selling really took over. Because you need to main, you man, need to pay for yeah, so what, five an of these increasing things a day addiction, gets pretty right? expensive, yeah. And so that, that all tied into the music and doing all that stuff, running around in the streets and just now you're – you kind of don't even realize it, but for the first time, you're like who you are as a person and your values, and it like you're in situations that I've got a gun pointed in my face. I'm being robbed at gunpoint. I'm being pistol whipped. Like these things that you would you would never imagine map to who you are as a person, mm-hmm. but in some weird way because you're half numb all the time, and like it's oh, but that's not really me, dude. You know what I mean? And I still even yeah. look back at it now, even in selling and all of this, like I. I was like, I was a nice, I was still Matt Robinson. Oh, dude, I would imagine you would be the worst drug dealer. Well, the best from the customer standpoint, but from a business standpoint, I bet you were doing free giveaways. Got over on a million times. Big layover for everyone. Dude, I'm really worried about you. Like, here I am doing like 10 a day, but like. Dude, I'm really worried about you. Like, yeah. I'm not going to give you any more. I'm going to give you two for Your the week. Your heart is far Banana. too good to be a great drug dealer is what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. you, you kind of, I, I did feel like I maintained that part of my identity throughout. That's but, so interesting. But every, the, the, That's the so interesting. Situations you're in around it. You know what I mean? Like, what am I doing in this fucking crack den in fucking New York City that I drove five hours to? And, like, there's four guns here. And, like, I'm wildly uncomfortable. Like, I want to go home. I want my mom. But, like, this is this is part also, of what- let me grab my notepad. I can do a song about this. <laughs> oh, I can do a sonnet about <laughs> But, you know what I mean? And just, like, this is normal now. Like, yeah. This is where I spend my time to-, to Did to, it ever truly to- become normal for you? Never to never comfortable. Yeah, okay. I'm still like a like I'd be normal because you're doing it. I'd a lot. be in these positions all the time, uh-huh. just wildly <laughs> uncomfortable. Uh-huh. But you know what I mean. Then, but then you get out of it, you get your thing, and and then you're as comfortable as you've ever been. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, so it, it was a brutal thing in that regard, and then all through that, I I don't even remember like things that were at play, mental illness and stuff like that. I know me and my mom's relationship wasn't good, but I can remember being young and like. Just thought, like, I can remember depression mm-hmm. being young. I can was talking about it. I can certainly remember depression after. But during all of that, I don't, 
it's almost like that is a medication in and of itself. I don't remember being depressed. Like, you know, when you're filled with because well, you're numb, right? Yeah, yeah. I there, mean, kind of by design. Yeah, there's a numbness to it and, and all of that. So coming in, the things had like they kind of just dried up. They were hard to get. Like the the supply, the drug uh-huh. dealing game was kind of uh-huh. falling apart around me. And at that point, I was doing thirty of these fucking things a day. Street value nine hundred bucks. Um, wow. 30 of them. Repeat that. Street value, like if you were to sell a single for 30, it's a standard thing, like a lot of- like 30 milligrams is $30. A 15 would be 15, a 10 would be okay. 10, a 30 would be 30. I was doing 30 30s a day at my worst. Um, it takes a lot of selling. $900. In street value. That's- yeah. It's that's and that's what like I said I mean this was what I was this was where I was this is this is the way I behaved then um and then and being comfortable and sharing that is kind of where all the power comes from but that's on the other side as it started to fall apart other people are stressing too other and I I I got robbed at gunpoint I got pistol whipped so all of a sudden I have no money everybody's hard so you like the credit you've earned in the streets and stuff is like credit ain't flowing just like everything else uh-huh. everybody's looking out for themselves i'm not the only one with a 30 a day habit and all of a sudden i've got this incredible habit that's dang wild like that's a ton dude i've got this incredible habit i've got no money and i've got no visible line on how i'm gonna keep this going move back into my mom's house after being a fucking you know, that, yeah. that's it. that relationship isn't in the best place it's ever been when your son's a drug dealer. Um, moved back into my mom's house and was literally just had a girl that would come like pick me up every day to go do two of them and drop me back off. And like that was my life for for a few Real months. Real quick, um, yeah. you've mentioned it kind of a few times. Why is it such a social thing sometimes? Uh, I mean, we are to just so- feel better about doing it with someone else or. It's, or it's like the splitting. I, I, I yeah, I, no, it's we're social creatures. If there's enough to go around, uh-huh. it's a very social thing. Well, especially I'm sure for yeah. you and everybody's happy. You, if there isn't enough to go around, uh-huh. then it becomes a a me 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 fuck. Uh-huh. And those relationships are so. The relationships with anybody, from what I've seen from addicts, is second to the drug itself. So everything goes out the window when there's less and and whatever. Mm -hmm. I've never even really thought about that part of it. It's interesting. But just, we're human beings. If there's plenty to go around and you're you're maintaining and you're good, you'd rather do them with two of your friends or three of your friends than, than do them alone. You know what I mean? Um, But that, so that all happened. Everything came crashing down. This was the, my girlfriend would be the, the only person that I really interacted with for a while living at my mom's house. She'd come, pick me up and we'd do a couple and drop me back off and then um that's a date that was tough that was the, that was the the mental human low point yeah that that preceded everything that's about to come after it and then i remember there was one day that i'd gone i think i told the story i'd gone and painted the house in in stratum that we talked about on Frank and got a pay. He gave me a check for it. Yeah. I think at this point, I don't even have a bank account. When you got the, pulled over by the, 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 the plane. Yeah, that was the girl. That That's the girl I'm talking about. That was the the house. Um, And not after that happened during that, but I had a check from that. And um, no bank account, nothing. I've been living the shoebox life for a while now in cash. And I remember I had given her a check to go. I didn't have a car to, to go get me some and then bring them back. She was doing, she was going to get some and it never came back. Um, over time and call her phone with a your times, money with and my, the two hundred dollars that is everything uh, I have that's gonna geez. get me high one more time. Da da da, and um, 
ended up that she took what she took it whatever i ended up in trying to find it and, and get it i ended up uh like witnessing with my eyes infidelity like i walked in on her with a deal or like this is how it goes right now now maddie don't have him anymore but he does now that's my and had a big blow up in that um nothing i thought was crazy at the time but ended up getting arrested yeah um I, I damn I, I like blew up and damaged property and stuff. So I, I walked into a police station. No after. violence though. No, yeah, I want to make that. I want to make that clear but not human about to human you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I walked into a police station thinking, oh, no big deal, da da da, and just told them, walked in, no lawyer, da da da, told them everything that happened and yada yada. I thought it was gonna be like a civic problem. <laughs> that is um, just the essence of not of. When I talk about how this, how you talking about it too, the sweet side, it's there the whole time. Yeah. It's not you didn't become an evil person. One hundred percent, you were the same yeah. guy. Yeah, in just a completely ill matched <laughs> environment <laughs> and lifestyle for who you are. To, yeah. I can't help but it wasn't laugh great at mapping. almost how 100%. like cute almost it is in a yeah. weird way. You know. That someone that's supposed to be the street smart <laughs> drug dealer doesn't even take the free and, attorney. And rapping about, yo, you motherfuckers trying to test me, test me. You better respect me. Like, just like, <laughs> you guys want to hang out or something? Dude? Um, oh, but yeah, man, I love you, dude. It, there's so many different angles and stories about it. I ran away. I was I was hiding behind a Walmart for a bunch of days after, after all this, this happened. happened. Yeah. Because I like I crashed. I, my, so you had gone to jail. No, no, no. Or, like This to, incident happened. And it involved like my car. It, I crashed my car. Yeah, and just left it where it was. So now <laughs> I called like my best friend. Should like, be fine, dude. I caught her cheating on me. Dude, I'm gonna end it. And my my buddy calls like my mom. Like yo, pretty worried about Matt. That didn't sound great. My mom calls the police. Now everybody's worried about me, looking for me. And I had walked like 30 miles to like no plan. I was like, I'm gonna get on a bus and go somewhere. And I'm I'm moving to Florida. <laughs> and like camped out behind a Walmart for a bunch of days. Called my mom like crying like my fucked up against. Well, yeah, I know. No, everybody's looking for you. Like, <laughs> there's a manhunt. Here's where I am. Come pick me up. They brought me to the police station, and I was like, oh, "Here's what happened." Da, 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 da. I see. Gotcha. And then, like a months, months later, I was I was landscaping, was kind of trying to get clean. Back, my mom was helping me. She was giving me help when I was willing to help myself. When mm -hmm. I was just mm -hmm. a piece of shit, it was like, "Get out of the house, dude." Good. Shout yeah. out your mom. She was trying to help yeah. me and yada yada, and pick me up from work one day, landscaping, and was like, "We need to go to the police station again." And then they had filed a bunch of charges from everything I had told them and admitted I did all this kind of these weird little almost. So what's what's the delay? What's how long of the gap? Almost, I think it was almost two months, six six weeks. Wow, that something seems like, like that. so long. To well, me. So they were coordinating stories and da da da. Uh -huh. And it was kind of this weird. It was all a bunch of weird. There was some big driving charges and other stuff, and I won't get into all the details. But like, ended up getting like charged with a number of things. Some some of them being a felony. It's like fuck. And then I got my lawyer, and he was kind of like, "We got one big problem here. Usually, like, you plead this stuff out to lower charges." He's like, you kind of just said everything. And he's like, and, and I get it, like reading it, it, it doesn't seem bad, but like, then he would read me the statutes of these different laws. Ugh. And it's like, these sentences that's like, although you didn't hurt anybody, or, and, sure. and although you're kind of the loser of all, this is yeah. all sabotage behavior. It's not, you know what I mean? Reckless yeah. behavior to anybody else. Like, here's all the statutes that you just went and you told an officer that you did exactly that. So I ended up, getting sentenced 
uh, well, I ended up like this was going to be a thing, going through the court thing. And real quick, again, just for time, how old are you right now? Probably 24. Okay. Right around there. And um, so prior to kind of in the midst of all this, I uh, had my first... Now we're kind of pills are in and out and still trying to do them, still definitely addicted, but they're not around like they were. All of a sudden, you've got like actual emotions coming to you that you haven't been able to numb for five years. You're you're taking like all this stuff is coming at you. And I remember one night, I think it was a wicked um, back to that thing. I was, I was like looking for sympathy. It was it was a victim thing. I did this big dramatic thing to the girl who had gotten me all in troubles. So have you been in prison? No. Never, not to, at this point. There's a big process. Then you go to court. All okay, these things take okay. months and months and months. Okay. But now I know, like, all right, I'm it's in happening. trouble. I've been in. I've been arrested and bailed out. Okay, but you it, know, this is coming. It, it I ain't know gonna be it ain't good. good and okay, yeah, this ain't okay. great. And um, did this big like cry for helpy type thing, talking to this girl one night, and I took a bunch of my mom's um like depression medicine, I think it was, I literally typed in painless ways to die on Google. And at the time, this medicine was the first one that came up. My mom had it in the cabinet. So I did, I took the whole bottle, swallowed them all and started doing like the text. Like, it's not gonna matter anymore. I'm not gonna be here anymore to to the girl. Brutal, dude. Uh, My mom finds me in the morning, dude, not breathing. Ambulance, whole thing, takes him to the hospital. Stomach pumped, life support for days and days and days like kind of should have been over uh end up coming out of it going to the psych thing um bananas and then kind of roll right out of that feeble position into getting sentenced and going to jail so i was sentenced to a year those things are usually like eight months with good behavior uh did a year in valley correctional facility in manchester and the funny thing, all this sickness we talk about, this physical sickness and dope sick, it's a thing, it's brutal. It lasted, it's supposed to be this big thing for me, it lasted about a day, day and a half, two days, and then your brain is kind of like, you're not getting any of these, yeah. you know what I mean? Time to think because about something else. Because you were in jail. Yeah, there's no, there's no way you're getting it. Because otherwise there probably would have been rationalization yeah, in some way. Yeah, that's how people get uh-huh. to doing it. It made me uh-huh. realize how mental a lot of this yeah, stuff is. Yeah, that's interesting. I definitely understand. Yeah, the, the odds of the outcome are the exact same, but how you react to that are so 100%. different. 100%. That's very interesting. And just like, you think it's a body thing. Oh, I need it. I'm dope sick. I need it. It's it's a, men- it's a mental thing. And it's yeah. like really bad. So much Like one. the worst, like food poisoning kind of withdrawals. thing. It's brutal withdrawals. And I've felt it. It is real. I've been oh. dope sick. It's <laughs> yeah. brutal. Yeah. But it's not brutal in the time frame that you want to tell yourself because then you have to take another one. You know what I mean? It's to, That was the big thing. I It was just quick. It came, it went, and my mind was on the other things. Then in there, what big time started happening was it was almost kind of this, I, I had an ex tell me once, like, oh, I just figured, like, kind of figured you wanted to go to jail, to the thing you said about the rapper persona and all of this. Felt like it was kind of like a street cred thing for you. Like, what is Manny doing? Like, he was one, and I, I did get in there. I don't think I was feeling terrible about it at the time. You just tried to kill you. At least you're alive. Like what? And got in there and so quickly got clear-headed because you're sober. Started dealing with things I hadn't dealt with in forever, like my brother's mental illness. That and you never... felt that come on. Oh, they come on in way like quick. I'm crying about my brother. I'm in jail quietly, like in a... <laughs> crying about my brother's schizophrenia 
that he'd been diagnosed with for four years. Uh, you know, and it, but I'd never dealt with it once. Yeah. Then you've got all this new dad, so like dad stuff. I, the, That's I, also been uh, kind of on the back seven burner. Seven years ago, but uh-huh. we never did it. We right. never did this. Right. We never went through this. Right. We ran from this. Right. And that's why we're here. Right. So all that started happening in jail. And what really helped me was looking around at, at the things that back then I would have kind of emulated. And like knew some, some of the kids, one of the kids that I was close with through rap and stuff, literally ran the fucking place. So was the, there was kind of the initial month of like, What's that? like I'm a made man in here though. Yeah. You know what I mean? And But very quickly looked at like these people or these things that I thought I emulated. Like these are broken people too, dude. This is, mm. it's the exact same thing. These are, and I don't want to characterize, it's a tough time to do any of this, of this, but so much of it, right down the line, oh, you, you don't have a dad or didn't have a good dad. You don't have a dad or didn't have a good dad. You don't have a dad or didn't have a good dad. You, your mom, it was, it's these, these things that shape and form you at your young age that you then play out chasing we watched the dennis rodman 30 for 30 yesterday to valley street correctional facility was 250 dennis rodmans and making that realization was like was good to just build a pretty good basketball game <laughs> the playground. they were they were good in there they were real good a lot of fighting but they were good <laughs> um but that realization of like just for okay i don't want to i don't want to map to this yeah i don't want to emulate this and then you find two or three or four or five other people that are going through the exact same uh-huh. thing you know you can you can look around the place and be like all of you are going to be back here again that you, 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 and you, this might be the only time you're ever here and, and you're going to learn so from it. So what percentage-wise is that of the population? Uh, uh, of the population of, 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 of that. What, what you're, yeah. I'd, I'd 80, it's at least 80% the wrong way. And you'd see it You'd see it in there. In a, you're there for a year, so you, I'd see somebody come in, get out. And, and then come back come within right the back year. In, and you'd see so much of wow. it and certain instances of it of like, you say you hate it and you did it and all of these things. Like, when I get out of here, I'm going to I'm gonna have a threesome with this. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to make money. I'm gonna, You know what I mean? I want to be out so bad. Fuck this place. They get out and the, the do it two or three times in the year that you're there. You see them go, what'd you do? What'd you, what happened, man? Da, da, da. And, it's, and you want to be here because mm. you don't have the tools or the, 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 the tools in the toolbox to make it out there. You want to be here, and I was feeling some of that. The least anxiety I've ever had in my life is eight months I spent in jail because of the predictability. Every all I think of the because of the lack of expectation of you uh-huh. is I think uh-huh. the big thing. Everything uh-huh. is laid out for you. Uh-huh. The, the the lack of decision making you have to do. The lack of of anything, and then if you do use it well, which a lot do, then you're re, you're reading and and working on yourself. And then that's where, where things changed for me is I started writing a lot of things down. Mm-hmm. Started writing down who I wanted to be. I started writing down affirmations I'd find in a book and yada, yada, yada. So I get out, I'm this new man with all my my big bundle of papers that I, my big bundle of loose leaf paper that I carry out the door with me that's got all my, Matt Robinson, you're amazing and you're gonna kill it when you get out of here and all my affirmations, all my Dao De Jing's on it. And I walk out of there I had a great six months, knew it was a hard road, working hard, getting Craigslist jobs, painting houses, doing this different stuff. And then I ended up remodeling houses with a kid that also had an addiction. So six months build up all this stuff. I think it was the first time I started trading stars, saving my money. So you're six months complete, well, plus jail. Yeah, so I'm, like I'm a year, I'm a year through it, months. yada, yada. Wow. And um, 
to make it fast, the only thing to say about it. Then within about a matter of five weeks, I went back to Perks, did heroin for the first time, and tried to kill myself again. In a matter of five weeks of being back, I slit my wrist bad. So to this day, I don't have feeling in my left hand. Ended up back in the hospital. In that bed, I came out of that. Um, you wake up and everybody's all around you again and like fucking hang, like, you know what I mean? I've blown up just, it's, it's just a shitty, it's the cheapest kind of attention. And I can't imagine the you know what I mean? And, of being on the other side of it like that, yeah. but just like, I feel like this is the cheapest, weakest, uh, vic- most victimy thing to do to, to yourself and to other people. And I know and suicide's an incredibly crazy thing. And I think there's some ignorant people that would call it weak in that, but I, I, I have trouble not sitting here saying to you that it is, you know what I mean? And there's, there's people dealing with bigger mental things that, that get them there than me, but sitting in that bed for the second time, I felt weak. I felt like a, I was being a victim. I felt like I was being, I was trying to take from everybody in my relationships and not give anything. I sat in that bed and I, again, not to storybook, movie, romanticize it, but I sat in that bed, I looked up and I was like, I don't know what's up with God. I don't know. I don't, I'm not a terribly religious person, but this is twice now. I'm still here. I shouldn't be here. I, I'm going to change. That's where like the epiphany moment happens. I'm going to do this differently. I'm going to change. I got out. In that hospital bed. I walked out of that hospital after you got to go to a psych ward for like a a week or two. You can't be a liability to the hospital. You can't try to kill yourself and they just scoot you out the door. Um, So you're there for a bit. But the day I did walk out, I got in the car with my mom and I said, get me the fuck out of New Hampshire. Drove to Maine. Um, Because you knew the proximity would be a liability always. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. Get me out of here. I'm ready. And the only thing that mattered in my life was the the addiction was was secondary. The the thing that mattered was getting clean. That was the thing. But the thing that mattered was getting right with why I need to take drugs. What is the what is the actual root of this cause? And to me, what I believed at that time was that I wasn't comfortable with me. I wasn't comfortable in my own skin. A lot of it went back to not that my dad dying and leaving me, how I acted around my dad's death. The, all the shame, I wasn't there enough. I should have spent every minute up with him, blah, 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 mm-hmm. right down the line. Why do I not love myself, mm-hmm. period? Moved to Milo, Maine. That's why this place is so fucking special and important to me. Moved in with my grandparents. And I spent a year with no other thought on my mind than how do I love myself? And I would write. I started writing stuff down all the time. Wake up and started looking in the mirror every morning. And Matt Robinson, you're... You're a great person who deserves all the love anybody has to give you and isn't, you know what I mean? Would literally like whatever we have to do to, to all the corny stuff that people talk about. So like when you say that, we've obviously talked about yeah, that. Yeah. And I, there's always a certain level of, um, not defensiveness, but kind of like, yeah, I know it's the most ridiculous thing ever. Kind of like embarrassment kind of about it's, you 
but clearly it seemed like it worked so well. But that's so why I'm not I sure said, why yeah. you're embarrassed. It's a corny thing. Like it, but, and you're talking about like just basically get, repeating when I, cause a, it is, a sentiment yes, over and over. It is uh-huh. the most important thing, I think, and that changed me in my life and got me to where I am. I truly believe that. I think the reason I say it's corny and da-da-da is because anybody else who's who needs to... In most of these issues, I think that self-worth is the root cause. What And well, how did that get put on you? Is it your parents who didn't love you? Is it what? The millions of reasons why that self-worth is, I believe- Is the, the cause of the, the vast majority of just human issues, and, period. And when you, you I, I do get you a little self when you say like how incredible it is to come out the other side or like the- the perseverance and da da da. The, the, the reason I, I, I say this part that way is because this is the piece that did it. Yeah. That, and it, and I say how corny it is and how stupid it is because there is a huge difference between having the awareness to know it and having the, like, yes. I got to get my self worth up. Or and the only thing, because I've known that my whole life, I'm, I'm, I even the stuff I struggle with now can still relate back to that. The only thing that can that I have found that can change that is is the wild the the thing that it would be easy for you to say I'm working on but unless you're standing in front of the mirror for a year and yelling at yourself that you love yourself and you deserve to be loved and unless you're getting a book a, a notebook out and writing these things down a thousand, three thousand, five thousand, ten thousand over the course of a year, it doesn't change. It's just an awareness about the bullshit that you're going to keep doing. You know what I mean? The thing that changed it was that kind of repetition of of not thinking these. You can think whatever you want. It doesn't do a lot. It was the writing down and the saying out loud is what changed me, I believe. And that's what I did for that year and then started to feel a little different, wildly embarrassed to be 25, 26 in my grandparents' house, no job, no car, no bank account, no nothing. But all of a sudden, after nine months of in the mirror, yo, Maddie, you're the man, dude. You're the man, dude. Come on, let's do this. All of a sudden, like, did feel good. In the lowest place, and then got a little job working at Hobnobbers, making nothing. That job was the fun. That was my social. That was the funnest thing in the world to go to that job. You know what I mean? And started to, in in that winding together, started to find that like, all right, we're gonna have an act too. We're gonna do. We did this for that long. We're not ashamed of it anymore. That's what we did. It was a waste of a bunch of time, but that's <laughs> what we did. You know what I mean? We're going to take this act too. Let's go get after it. Dude, you're amazing. And you really think you're amazing because you've been yelling at yourself in the mirror that you're amazing for the last year. And boom, really, there was there was just a switch. And I, I wrote down some goals. I had them. I had my 200 bucks a week that I'd worked 20 hours at this small restaurant in a small town that I got my 200 bucks from. And the next week, that's 400. Next, now that's 600. You know what? And 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 then you start to see the tangible growth. Anything you're now you're moving in the right direction. And that's where it started to put this whole thing together in my mind of like you've got three directions because I need to simplify it because I'm a nutcase ADD. You're moving forward, you're moving backwards, or you're standing still. So we don't care. We can't go backwards. Not right now. We can't be standing still because we're so we've moved so far backwards. 
it doesn't matter. It's the stupid, stupid shit. And I think I would write it. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. Like, just, to, to, I got to do something to move forward from before. It doesn't have to be huge. And in that tiny incremental changes. You know what I mean? All of a sudden, 600 bucks? Six, it's not, it's easy to be like, Fuck, I'm making $200. Fuck this. I'm never going to be anything. It's, it's the- Of course it's easy. Last week I had 200. Now I got four. It was- I found this unlocking of gratitude. They're like, dude, I was I was dead twice. It's literally dead twice. I'm fucking going to this restaurant. I'm a, I'm alive. How great is that? I'm fucking alive. Like, I don't care if you pay me two bucks an hour. What I get that I'm, I'm I'm alive, and I and I started to feel how powerful that was. And and so I got my little bit together. I moved into Bangor, and now I'm like, all right, we're gonna apply for jobs. And again, back to the gratitude. It would have been easy to be like, I was in ba- I was applying for bullshit. I ran a pretty good company before. Like a young, like I've done work. I've ran a bunch of mattress stores. Like, and I'm, you did it on, on pills. On pills. So and, imagine what uh, you could do without. Now I'm a felon. It's not like I'm applying to, to fucking flip burgers. I would have been embarrassed and I would have been bad about it, but but it was this, it happened right when that gratitude thing mm-hmm. happened. That it's like, that I was just like, at least I get to apply for something, dude. You know what I mean? Put out a bunch of resumes. No, no you, you'd, I'd get into the interview. They'd like me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Things are going, dude, this is great, man. We're going to, ooh, uh. you're, ooh, you're a felon. Ding, 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 ding. No, 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 no. And I, I had one day where I got wicked down. Fuck this, no one's ever gonna hire me, da, da, da. My mom gives me the whole, the hoorah speech. The next day, saw uh, an ad for the family dog. Went right in, went down and applied there. Some big red-headed kid with big energy had a funny kind of similar to me type attitude, and um, they different because you're not don't have red hair. But, <laughs> exactly. You know, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah but gotcha. And, well, we're not doing like just he ain't doing a background check. He ain't doing. Uh-huh. You could see what it was. He needed. He I think he probably had somebody not show up yesterday, and he'd really like to have somebody in there tomorrow. And guess who's showing up? Exactly. The and, felon. Yeah. And he, it was just a funny his attitude. He's like, ah, fuck it. Let's see what happens. Come in tomorrow. Popped in. Um, started working and I showed up early than a motherfucker and, and was just so thrilled to be doing something. You know what I mean? Happy as shit just to be alive and be doing something. Got to know Bob and Bob's always talking about business and talking about these things I find super interesting. And I, and I was like, well, this guy probably isn't just going to stop here. You know what I mean? And I started to build this positive framework of like this burger flipping job could be something. So I'm going to flip these burgers as good as I can. And over a period of time, really did use that that fucking gratitude, dude, to like fucking come in an hour early, not clock in, and just hammer green peppers, dude. Happy as a pig in shit to be cutting green peppers. Other people, no, but with a different framework, because... If you're a college kid, they'd rather be cutting red ones. If you're a college, if you're a college kid and you've got a party tonight and you've got all these yeah. things going on, cutting those green peppers suck. When I leave here, I'm going yep. back home to my mom's house and talking to myself in the mirror for a little bit. So these green peppers are like <laughs> the highlight of my day, dude. Let's do this. And and again, back to the mentor thing. And Bob, it was we would run breakfast. It wouldn't do a lot, but if you just sold a tiny bit. 
you to do all your prep for the day around it because you're not cooking a lot of meals. It, it just made a lot of sense to do breakfast and Bob would always talk about why and, and do his business stuff. But in that time, you would have like, I'd have like four hours with Bob from six till 10. Just soaking up Before anything really happened shit. where Bob would just be talking and ideas and ideas and, and man, I, in that framework, I came alive and learned things and, and really started to, to, build and love myself and and just those mornings were so so special to me morning my memoir will be called mornings with bob <laughs> but it's a little shame that i won't be in the title or whatever <laughs> mornings with bob afternoons with noah <laughs> um but that's that's what it was and then you certainly so that's easy to carry when you've got nothing else yeah wicked easy well Two years go by. You're making some money. You've got an apartment now. You're you're you're, you're trying to find a girlfriend and go out and do normal life stuff. Uh, it's it is hard to stay in that zone forever. Yes, and that not to not yeah. to jump in, but is the thing. I I don't think. I think if I went down the opioid route, I would not make it out alive. I don't think I have any doubt about that. Um, terrifying thought obviously but not only did you do that so one thing i'm not capable of i don't think in any part of me but then i talk to you all the time like my struggle i think and maybe going back to kind of how we started talking about this the your sense of fulfillment is a very malleable thing that's mm-hmm. changing all the time yeah really whether you want it to or not 100 percent. and what i i think if there had to be truly just one thing that i as that would just kind of encapsulate everything i i am really just in, in awe about your ability to do still and of course you it's not easy which is no. the whole point it gets like, harder the fr- and it, it gets but it's harder your ability to find the fucking positive in anything and not in a corny way, like, oh, yeah, Maddie no. always looks at the glass half full. No, 100%. Beer, am I right? It's- no, it's like in places when pretty much anyone would have a real fucking hard time finding anything to latch on to. You've done that in situation after situation. And now to see you... Not to fast forward on your... St- but eventually no, is, you start working here. Yeah, because it is important to... In the... Even now, and I'll, I'll say even now, the, the idea that I was ever going to spend a large portion in my life in my domain would would be bullshit, and yeah. I wouldn't like it. You know what I mean? For pretty and, much anyone. And I always, exactly, yeah. I always thought this was going to be a pit stop. I always, whatever. But because of all that happened and because of everything, and, and actually my grandfather was getting sick and dying at the time that that Milo all started wrapping around. I think there is an element of it's Bissell brothers. I'd become a huge fan. I'll do any, I'll, I'll clean toilet back to that. I'll do anything to be a part of this thing. Then if I can get in it and work hard, I can, I can be something in it, but I just need to be a part of it. But all of those thoughts and kind of different stuff went out the window because of everything that happened to me here in Milo, defining myself that when that kind of came about, it became the opposite. It, it became like, this is meant to be for a reason mm-hmm. sort of the, you know what I mean? And, and Milo had that special place in my heart and that's why it, it means so much to me. And then again, you have to find these hacks and tricks even on days down here, like even right now thinking about life and being 34 and I'd be like, man, I'd like to get to Portland. You know what I mean? And it's, it's using those tricks to like 
to be happy and fulfilled in where I am right now. And for me, you use different ones, but for me, it's, I, I keep telling that story to myself to keep me grateful and happy right here. If Does that make sense? It does. Like I'm supposed to and be it also here. sounds like a superpower. That's it. And you say, you call it that. It's and the it hack. is. It, it, it is for exactly me, it's the, what it is. It's the one thing that is, it is, it is the one thing that I will unabashedly say that I have, that I'm proud of, and that is very much the one thing. Is good. You're not good at I that. Will, you ain't good at that. I will look and work sometimes hard, and you have to, to to find a reason to be grateful for whatever the given um situation is. And it's hard to call it it's when when the other framework is being dead by your own hand. It's almost like a cheat code because I can go there anytime. It gets harder and harder I'll to do so. I'll just start this game over. It gets, it gets further away, but it's like when I'm fucking being negative and, and being an idiot about a situation, I can most of the time, not all the time, pull myself out of that and be like, dude- You've been you've been in the crack den waiting for you. You put yourself there and you made it out of that. You tried to end you. Let's look at why is this happening? What's it going to do to help me? What am I supposed to be learning from it and get moving again? Because this is happening in real time, actually, because I am scared to death of moving backwards again. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go. I don't have to. It doesn't have to happen. It doesn't have to be a huge jump forward today. It doesn't have to be whatever. But if I'm not looking for the positive to maybe, even though this looks like shit, if I do it this way, it's one tiny step. I can take one tiny step forward or I can just something I'm learning about this that I didn't know before because the the negative or the opposite is is going backwards and I. I can't, I did that for 10 years. I cannot do that again because it becomes a spiral and it becomes easy and, and it could, as stupid and dramatic as this sounds, the way I have to look at it. To, <laughs> this sounds stupid or dramatic. It could end my life. Yeah. Like a funk. So I, I will never, everybody gets shit out. Everybody gets negative. It, it's not, that's where it's calling a superpower, like makes me cringe and da da da. Of course I, I do it. I call it a superpower. Of course it happens. Of course I do it. But I can, I have. I, so far, knock on wood, will not allow myself to unpack and live there for any period of time. We, I need to, I need to move forward, however slow that may be. And when you talk about that fear of going backwards, is fucked up as it is. I kind of feel like that is a thing that can only be instilled in a person that has really gone backwards at a point in time yeah and i'm not saying that it's not um things don't apply to what you're saying i'm just saying i don't know what the percent there's no way to calculate that but i know that fucking ridiculous majority of people at that bottom that's that's where they're at Mm -hmm. until it ends yeah and the fact that you climbed out of there and the superpower part about that fear it's like isn't that what we all want some sort of certainly what i want something in me that keeps me going no matter what yeah you know and i, I mean that's kind of oversimplifying it but yeah i mean no, you said I, I it much better it, yourself like i don't you would need to fail so much to yeah. experience 
failing yeah. to never want to experience that again yeah. in a way that most people can imagine, a li- try to imagine what it'd be like, mm-hmm. but they that but you felt it. Yeah. So that's that makes it so I'm not going back. That's why I use the word like because it's not a ton me. That's why I use the word cheat code. Yes. It's because well, this thing happened that allowed me to reframe things that way and just real quick because the because the important thing i think when i talk about the root and the the self-love the 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 real specific root of the lack was shame yeah so that when you flip that so to be able to talk about it openly now or or like i said that's a superpower people come to me to be able to talk about it that's where all the good is because not only would if i wasn't willing to talk about it and i was still ashamed of it the important thing is my behavior would be map my actions would be mapping to that view of myself that's the the problem yeah and i i think why it is truly such a beautiful thing. It's yeah, it's one thing to have someone have a really awesome story. That's great. But why it's such a beautiful thing in my eyes. And also why I don't to be perfectly honest with you, yeah, I know you really went I don't I don't ever think about you going backwards. I don't think it's possible either. It's because I think that attitude that you have perpetuates itself by being contagious in the environment that you're in. Sure. I can't, for me, stri- like, I I have a hard time pouting about bullshit when I'm talking to you. And it's part of why we've, I think, bonded so much. Mm. I've been drawn to you. And, I mean, you say, you say it the other way so often, but I've yeah. been drawn to you because you remind me, not by wagging a finger, by literally being who you are, that... I got nothing to fucking complain about, really. Yeah. And the, the power in being open about the, the context of, of that, and you never, it, you, you, if you know the backstory, is yeah. again, where this all kind of started, if you know the backstory, people around you are almost held to just naturally a higher stand. They hold, they will, it would lead them to hold themselves to a higher standard. And that bounces back onto you and vice versa. And mm-hmm. that's 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 amazing. That's amazing how that just like kind of seed of positive inertia yeah, just when you continues say the high, to the grow on standard itself. Thing, only in an in an attitude. Well, it's never framework. Right, it's just no, you know, being but, you. You're not in, like in, hey, in a positive. Be positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've no, never told me to cheer I've up. Never... You've never told me to, you know, look you on the bright side. About. You don't do that. Yeah. You don't. You wouldn't. Um but I know sometimes I'll slip into it, but I still know yeah. I shouldn't be yeah. doing what I'm doing. And being around you, whatever bullshit that I might be doing makes it less like likely to last. Because it's like, well, <laughs> Matty was taking 30, 30 <laughs> perks a day, went to jail, tried to kill himself twice. And he's still here and actually being a lot more happy about everything than I am. That should probably... Uh, I should probably change how I'm acting right now. This is pretty <laughs> childish. But I mean, I do, no, I what an it. amazing thing, man. And <laughs> most of the time I've been crying silently in this. It's been good for you to be doing most of the talking. But We talked about the Dennis Rodman, but we can't be doing the crying all the time. <laughs> I'm trying, man. I'm trying. <laughs>
But I don't know. I'm, I can go in circles all day. And I know you hate it anyway. So out of respect for you, I'll stop. I'll stop propping you up. But I, I will just say um, you you are a truly beautiful person to be around. And one of the many reasons mm. this place is so special is we have beautiful people working here. Yes, we do. How are you not going to have a beautiful time yeah. coming when you're around that? It's the same fucking thing. It's, incre- it's incredible you know? to say. And, and, um, and, and they're beautiful in the same, in the same aspect. They're, they're, they're full spectrum, have their flaws and their faults, and they're, they're full spectrum beautiful people. That, no one without yeah, faults exactly, or flaws is you need beautiful. one to have a lot no, of No, that's not because it uh. doesn't exist. That's fake. If you're trying yeah, to put that out, 100%. that doesn't exist. I, I'm, I'm just thinking about it now as we say it. Uh, um, speak, it makes me want to go over there and open that place <laughs> yeah, I up guess so. with those Good beautiful timing. people and get people in there. Yep. Um, I, um, you know, went back and forth about doing some sort of famous prison thing. Nope, no three bay today, man. Mm-hmm. I we talk about how it's you know supposed to lighten things, and um, but I love you to death, brother. And, I love you too, um, man. I'm far less religious than you, and I'll still say it is truly a blessing to be able to work with you. It's incredible. Um, and I, the, Let's get this dumb for yeah, fucking thank you, keep, thank keep you for, Rodmaning. Thank you for the, the <laughs> platform to, to have this conversation because it's incredible. I mean, it took 68 episodes. It's, it's but... a good perspective thing, and, and thank you to anybody who's made it through to the end of this and, and listened to this, and I hope you have a great fucking There's time. a lot to be taken. Come see me in my world sometime. It's fun. Maybe Rob Tucker would someday. I'm in the mood to be slow and careful. My body's ready for.